Welcome to Episode 3 of the Chronic Faith Podcast, a Bible study for people living with chronic pain or illness. My name is Katie, and this podcast is an online small group where we can share our stories and encourage one another. Be sure to join the Facebook group. The link is in the show notes, so we can continue the conversation throughout the week. Every episode, we will have a biblical devotional and a tip or trick for living with chronic pain or illness. In season one, we're focusing on the healing miracles of Jesus. The third healing miracle of Jesus is found in three of the four Gospels, Matthew 8, 16 and 17, Mark 1, 32 through 34, and Luke 4, 40 through 41. While they are all pretty brief in their accounts, they each take a different angle. Let's start with Matthew 8, 16 through 17. It says, That evening they brought to him, Jesus, many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Sometimes it can be easy when we read the Bible to just glaze over parts instead of really taking in the significance of what we're reading. It'd be easy to do that with these two sentences, but let's press in. If you remember from the last episode, Jesus and his disciples are in Simon's house, and Jesus had just healed Simon's mother-in-law of a high fever. Jesus had done a few healings at this point in his public ministry, but they had all been on the smaller scale. Now, word is spreading, and verse 16 says that many who were oppressed by demons and people who were sick were healed from just a word from Jesus. In Mark's accounts of the events, he writes in Mark 1.33, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. When you look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke's accounts, there are some differences in how many people were healed. Matthew and Luke both say all, while Mark says many. We, we don't know the exact number, but either way, it was a lot of people. Matthew's account makes the point that Jesus was fulfilling what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 53, where it says that the Messiah took our illnesses and bore our diseases. That word took in the original Greek language is translated to take in order to carry away. The word bore or carried away in some translations in the original Greek language means to carry away from a place with the probable implication of something that is relatively heavy to remove, to carry away, or to take away. Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth to carry away the heavy things that weigh us down. He came to heal and restore us. In Luke 4.40, it says, All those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. What I love about this verse in Luke is that it shows that my Lord Jesus Christ draws close to us when we are sick and hurting. When others shy away and give us space, he comes close. We don't love and serve a God who pulls back when we're in pain. If you're listening to this and you're experiencing a bad pain day, Jesus is right there with you. Invite him into your pain. He wants to be your comfort and strength in the midst of the pain. While we see all of this healing take place in this passage, we also have to address the reverse, that uncomfortable question that weighs on the mind of every person with chronic pain or illness. 
What happens when you go to the feet of Jesus for healing and healing doesn't come? I mean, in this passage, the whole city gathered together and every one of them were healed by Jesus. Jesus can heal us with his words, just with one word. So why doesn't he? Why does he allow chronic pain or illness to continue in our lives? This is probably the hardest thing to bear when you have chronic pain or illness. Why does God allow this pain to continue in our lives when he could take it away so easily? And I'm sorry to tell you, I I don't have the answer. This is a wrestle that I do with God. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that I have experienced God's healing power in my life on a number of occasions. God has shown up and healed specific symptoms, protected me from harm or death, and sustained me in the fight. And it's also true that I still wake up every day with pain. I'm sitting here recording this podcast in pain. So how do we live in this tension of God is good and I live in pain? I don't have a nice bow to tie up this episode with, but I I will offer where I'm at with this tension and why I continue to show up to the feet of Jesus. When I was in college, I was five years into having chronic pain and I was on the phone with my doctor. I called her when I was having a really bad flare-up, and I was just mad. I remember saying, look, this isn't fair. I'm 18 years old. I should be out with my friends having fun, and instead I'm in bed barely able to move. I will never forget what she said in response. She spoke so kindly and firmly, saying, Katie, listen to me. This isn't fair, but this is your life. So you have to figure out how you're going to live it. This is your normal. So how are you going to live it? I'll, I'll admit to you, I, I've lived the unhealthy version of this is your normal for some years of not going to get things checked out or, you know, get treatments done because the pain was normal. But that's not what my doctor intended. What my doctor wanted me to realize was that, yes, It wasn't fair that I was experiencing so much pain, but it didn't mean that my life was over. I could still find the joy and the fun in life. And I have. But how does this align with my faith? Some days are easier than others. Because some days it's easy to see the purpose for the pain that I'm experiencing. Other days, though, When I have to cancel on a family member or a friend, yet again, plans that I was looking forward to, I just want to curl up in a ball and cry. And I do just that. I cry. I'll even get mad at God and let him know it. Sometimes I think it gets communicated that as Christ followers, we have to be happy all the time and have the joy of the Lord. And we aren't really Christians, or or we aren't really Christians, but that's just baloney. You can be filled with joy and be sad that you're experiencing chronic pain. We're complex humans, and those two emotions can exist together. If you're like me, you've also had some well-meaning family member or friend or just random person say to you, if you had enough faith, you would be healed, or there clearly is some sin in your life preventing you from being healed. I think friends and family just want so badly for your suffering to end and they feel so helpless that they just say things that they don't really think through sometimes. 
It doesn't mean that it hurts any less, though, being on the receiving end of that, though, does it? Now, let me be very clear. I don't think that God has a scale, and if we demonstrate X amount of faith, we get to be healed. That's just not in Scripture. What I do see in Scripture is pain and suffering being used to bring people into the kingdom of God. I also see suffering being a breeding ground for character refinement and a place where doubt is flipped into new measures of faith. Maybe you've experienced some of that in your journey. Maybe you've experienced those nights when you're questioning whether there really is a God who exists, let alone cares about you. And in your doubt, God reveals himself in a new way and raises your level of faith. Raising your level of faith doesn't mean that you're closer to a healing, because remember, like we talked about in episode one, the goal isn't healing. The goal is falling more in love and reflecting the character of the healer. Now, does this perspective fix all of the problems and make the pain go away, or does it make it sting any less when I go to the feet of Jesus for healing and come away with pain and disappointment? No, it it doesn't fix everything. But what it does provide me is hope and a purpose for the pain. I don't say this lightly. This weight of chronic pain is far too heavy to carry it every day with me. So I gladly put it at Jesus' feet in the morning because I can't carry it alone. And I believe that Jesus came to carry away our burdens and take away our illnesses. The tip for this episode is a practice that I've just started doing in the last month. And it's truly been a game changer for me and my mental health. I don't know about you, but when I have a flare-up or an accident of some kind, I down-spiral pretty quickly into the, I'm always going to be sick, and I'm never going to get to do the things I want to do. It never ceases to amaze me after the fact how quickly I can jump into the darkest parts of my soul. I have let the enemy lead me into dark places far easier than should be the case. And a month or so ago, I had just had enough of it. I was just tired of not, of having to continue to deal with the physical pain of a flare-up and also having to fight the mental, emotional, and spiritual battles. As a follower of Jesus, we have a universal identity as children of God, universal truths that are true of all of us. I've got a list of those, but it can be a lot to read when I'm flaring up. And so what I did was after I recovered from that flare up, I made a note on my phone and I pinned it to the top, listing out some identity statements and truths about being a child of God, the, the ones that stuck out to me. Now, some of them I picked because they just didn't feel true to me and I wanted to remind myself of the truth. So I listed about 10 to 15. There's there's no magic in the number. And then the next time I flared up, I pulled out my phone and I read that note again and again and again. And you know what? It kind of sounds silly, but I didn't spiral. And last week when I flared up with pain, I didn't spiral. I stayed focused on the healer and the truth of who he says I am instead of the lies that the enemy would like me to believe. Now, I also want to be clear, I still cried that I was having a flare-up. I had plans, I had to cancel them, I cried about it, but I didn't downward spiral. And if you've experienced a flare-up, you know the difference. 
And let me also be clear, I'm not saying this is like a, oh, look how cool I am. I'm I'm honestly surprised at how much of an effect it took to just doing this simple practice and how much of an effect it had so quickly. It's the reminder to me that the enemy has a finite bag of tricks and we serve an infinite God. So what are some of those identity statements that I read over myself? Here are some examples. I am loved by God. I am made on purpose and for a purpose. I still believe God is good. I still believe God is faithful and trustworthy. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Sickness is not all to my story. I am more than my symptoms. I am being made well. In the show notes, there's a link to a fuller list of identity statements and truths about who you are as a follower of Jesus. I encourage you to read over the list and write down the ones that stick out to you. Maybe you add them to a note on your phone like I did, or maybe you write them on post-it notes and put them around your room. Whatever you need to do to remind yourself who God says you are in the moments where he seems far away and distant. You are more than your symptoms. You are more than the pain you live with each day. We serve a God that knows our pain and desires to draw close to us in the pain to bring us strength to endure, comfort to sustain us, and healing in the midst. May we have the courage to stay stay focused on the healer and continue to come to his feet even when it feels like healing isn't coming. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the Facebook group as we continue the conversation together.